Last week, Hugh Hefner passed away. And no matter what you think of Hugh Hefner, his choices, his legacy, his work, we can all agree that he was responsible for a shift in how we think about sex as a society. He is largely responsible for bringing pornography into the mainstream. For many young men and women, he was the first person, his magazine Playboy, the first place where we saw sexual images. I know the first time that I saw Mr. Hefner's work, I was young and I was kind of snooping around in my parents' room and I went into my dad's closet and I saw a calendar with a naked lady on it. And I thought, why does my dad have a calendar with a naked lady on it and it's not my mom? Gross! <laughs> Although it'd be even grosser if it was my mom. <laughs> that was the day that I was introduced to lust. I was probably in preschool, kindergarten, and I really couldn't understand what it was or why it would be there. It was a little disturbing. See, the word lust is a churched up word in and of itself. See, our culture substitutes other words for lust, passion, desire, romance. But generally, they all are talking about lust. So let me define what lust means today. In the simplest dictionary definition, it says a strong sexual desire. But the definition I'm going to use today is an inappropriate sexual desire. That's what lust means for today. See, it's a bad way to do a good thing. It's an illegitimate way to fulfill a legitimate desire. Okay, you probably already know what I'm gonna say, right? You probably know, but bear with me. If you're coming to church, you think the, pa the pastor might stand up here with a megaphone and tell you what to do, this isn't an easy thing to talk about. So I'm asking you to bear with me. Bear with me with open hearts and open minds, and hopefully this will be a value. Are you guys gonna, can you bear with me on this one? Okay, then let's talk about sex, baby. Okay, no, okay. <laughs> bear with me. Have you considered the impact of lust? Have you ever thought about what lust costs? See, lust is universal, it's not just a guy thing. See, we lust when we have an inappropriate relationship with a coworker, even if it's not physical, when it stirs our desire. Maybe we seek out our old flames on social media and remember the good times or replay the highlight reels in our heads. For our younger people, maybe you slide into the DMs to send a sexual picture or receive one. Maybe you're watching porn or other explicit material, or maybe you watch something that isn't explicit, as explicit as porn, but still stirs those desires and fantasies within you. Maybe you're single, you're dating, and you're having sex with multiple partners. Lust hits us all, and it's different for everyone, but it is dangerous. It wrecks families and marriages. It can cause health problems and addiction. It can cost people their job, and it's even cost people their life. A few years ago, when the adultery-themed dating website Ashley Madison was hacked, a pastor took his life because he was one of the names that was outed on that list. Lust costs too much. 
So what would Jesus have us do? Here at City Church, we turn to scripture and we turn to Jesus to tell us how we deal with these things in our life. And this is what Jesus says in Matthew 5, 27, 28, as we continue looking through Matthew 5 in our Thrive series. You've heard the commandment that says, you must not commit adultery. But I say, anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Jesus knew that the religious teachers and the Pharisees of his day were tolerating lust. They had an attitude of look, but don't touch. A few weeks ago, I talked about loopholes. This is a loophole. And a loophole is a way where you're obeying the letter of the law, but missing the spirit of the law, the heart of the law. See, Jesus shifted the focus from the outside, the behaviors, the actions, the things that we could see to the inside where all of it really starts. He moved from the actions to our heart. See, adultery ultimately is a heart issue. Lust is the actual problem. Adultery is just the outcome. See, lust is what plants the seeds, and those seeds turns into behaviors, beliefs, actions, habits but it starts at lust, and it starts from the inside out. Okay, I know I'm asking a lot here, and many folks don't believe it. Well, what's the harm in going to the strip club every once in a while? Hey, I just have a high sex drive, I need to look at porn. Pastor John, it's just flirting. What's the big deal? Nobody's getting hurt. But what I can tell you is in the counseling sessions we have around here, a lot of things that don't hurt anybody or look but don't touch are killing our marriages. Jesus is defining sex. He's doing something revolutionary. He's defining sex as more than intercourse. It's more than just what happens physically. Jesus is making this a deep heart connection. He's telling us that God designed sex not just for our physical bodies, but for our souls, for something deep, and to fulfill something deep within us that can't be fulfilled anywhere else. Jesus was talking about intimacy. Intimacy, that's fulfilling the heart and the soul, and that's our real desire. That's what we're chasing when we lust. We're looking for intimacy. See, part of sex and part of intimacy, there's biology to it. We're wired this way. See, the act of sex and other pleasurable acts produce dopamine, which goes in your brain and it's like the pleasure chemical and it feeds it and it makes you want, it makes you want more. So if a slice of pizza tastes good, you want more pizza. If sex is good, you want more sex. That's what dopamine does. But the chemicals don't stop there. This is part of what separates it, and science validates Jesus' point that sex is more than just the physical. We also have oxytocin. Oxytocin can be known as the love hormone. And the love hormone, when we have sex, we are chemically bonded with the other person. Chemically bonded. It doesn't matter how you feel about them, doesn't matter if you just met them, or if you've been married for 40 years. When you have sex with someone, you are chemically bonded with them. That's real, that's love, that's what we were talking about. It doesn't matter if you love the person, you're bonded with them. 
See, Jesus isn't trying to deny us pleasure. I think sometimes we have the attitude that the reason he's telling us not to lust is to deny us pleasure. But that's not what he's trying to do. He's doing the opposite. He's trying to give us instructions for the most pleasure. He's trying to give us instructions for the best sex, and that's within marriage. Lust is not how we thrive. Now, because this is biological, and because this is emotional, and because this is spiritual, it's very complicated. It's very complicated, and a lot of times our willpower isn't enough to stop lust. So Jesus asks us for something else. In Matthew 5, 29 for 30, this is what he says. So if your eye, even your good eye, causes you to lust, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your hand, even your stronger hand, causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Now, we don't believe Jesus is literally saying, gouge out your eye or cut off your hand. We'd have a lot of blind people with no limbs around here. And that's just our staff. See, what Jesus is doing is he's using hyperbole. Hyperbole. Hyperbole means an exaggeration to make a point. He's underscoring how important this is to tell you this is serious. This is important. And it's so important. This one is so important to get right. It is worth making sacrifices for. It is worth making sacrifices for. We pay too high a price for temporary pleasure. Lust costs too much. So let me contextualize it for us, right? So if your iPhone, even your brand new iPhone, causes you to look at porn and lust, get rid of it. For it's better to lose your contract with AT&T than to fall into lust. Sometimes a dumb phone is a smart move. So if HBO, with all its Emmy award-winning shows and hours of programming you can watch on demand, causes you to watch something inappropriate that triggers something within you, cancel your subscription. For it is better to lose NFL Sunday ticket than have a pathway to lust. And if your friend even your best friend is causing you to have inappropriate desires and thinking about leaving your spouse or your partner, you have to cut off the relationship because it's better to lose a friend than to ruin your marriage. I had a friend, I asked him about lust and he was telling me a little bit about it and it's played a huge role in his life. It started with a lot of look, but don't touch stuff, and he started to watch porn, and started to watch more porn, and then he started to make some dangerous decisions to, to have sex. He started to seek out shady places and shady people that put his life in jeopardy. He cheated on his wife. See, all this danger, all of these things, it almost cost him everything, and it all started with just a little harmless look, but don't touch. The cost of lust is too high. 
Lust steals our happiness from the inside out. Lust is not how we thrive. And we all want to be happy. We all want to thrive. So how do we thrive? What do we do? Well, I have some practical advice for you wherever you are in any stage of life. If you're married, the goal should be to increase intimacy. See, whether you don't have issues in your marriage or whether lust has had an impact on your marriage, maybe porn, maybe an affair, this is what I want to encourage you to do. I want you to go to our marriage program on Wednesday night at 7. This is a really good place to start the process of increasing intimacy because we all know sex is good, sex is good, but intimacy is where we really, truly feel the fulfillment of what God created for sex. So I want you to look for intimacy. If you're living together with someone that you're dating or you're with and you're not married, I want you to know you're welcome here no matter what, whether you agree with what I say or whether you don't. But I want you to look long and hard at the other person. And if that's the person you wanna be with, I wanna encourage you to marry them. I want you encouraged to marry them. And I'm not just saying that. Let me give you an incentive. Scientists and researchers have found that married people have better sex. Why? Because when you're married, you have security. And when you have security, you can have intimacy. So I'd encourage you to take that step. I know it's hard, but I'd encourage you to do it. Now, if you're here and you're single, whether you've been married before or not, you have some difficult choices to make. We live in a culture that tells you that having sex is the most normal thing you can do. In fact, maybe it's even a good idea. I mean, if you're in a relationship with somebody, you might want to test drive before you buy. That's what the culture tells you. And anybody that tells you, maybe consider that, maybe not do that, is old-fashioned or is trying to restrict your freedom. I can understand how it might feel like that, but your sexual freedom has a very high price. A very high price. Lust costs too much. And at some point, I want you to trust that Jesus has your best interest in mind. He has your best interest in mind. He's not holding you back from a better life. He's trying to give you the best life possible. If you're a teenager, you might be sitting next to your parents very uncomfortable at this point. <laughs> Thank you for waiting it out with me. And I'm asking you, as somebody who's been a teenager before, to wait to have sex. It is better. And a side note, no matter what your peers at school are telling you, most of them are not having sex. Whether they choose to or not, most of them are not having sex. So if you hear bragging in the locker room or whispers at the slumber party, don't always believe it. You don't have to do that. And also know that us old people have caught on to Netflix and chill now. Wait, now for some of y'all in this room, this might be very sensitive 
and very hurtful. You might be thinking, it's too late, John. If you, if you knew what I did or what I continue to do, you could never be saying this about me. It's never too late. You're never too far and you're not alone. And what I wanna tell you is that nothing can separate you from the love of God. No matter what you've done, what you're doing, or what you're thinking about doing, nothing can separate you from that. And I wanna encourage you that you are more important than your sex life. You are precious to God. It's never too late. Never too late to do the right thing. We have to be honest about this, guys. I gotta be honest, this isn't a fun thing to talk about. But we have to be honest about sex in church. If people who follow Jesus can be honest about something like this, what in the heck are we doing? We have to tell the truth, we have to talk about it because there's lots at stake. Because the cost of lust is too high. One of the things that we have at stake, one of the things that shows us the cost of lust is human trafficking. See, our porn habits fuel human trafficking. And this isn't just in the third world, this is in our backyard. Not every video you watch, not every magazine you look, like, look at contains someone who is a sex slave, but enough of them do that we are driving a global human trafficking industry. The cost of lust is too high. We see the cost of lust in the outrageous numbers of sexual abuse that we see in our society. Estimates between one in three and one in five women before they're 18 have been sexually abused. And the numbers between one in 15 and one in 20 men before they're 18. And then in young adulthood, sexual assault continues to rise. The cost of lust is too much. And I know, because when I was a kid, I was sexually abused. Only in the past few years have I started to talk about it, and only in the past few months have I really understood the details. I was abused at least three times by three different people, classmates, neighbors, and even a family member. This has been the most frustrating and difficult thing I've ever dealt with in my life. I was a victim. I was a victim. And many of the, and going through this process has taken a lot of joy from my life. It's made a lot of my relationships difficult and it's made many days hard. The cost of lust is too high but I know I'm not alone. I know I'm not the only one. Now, you don't have to get up here on a stage and tell people, but I'm asking you, if you've been sexually abused, first, get honest with yourself. Admit it to yourself. If you have some weird, hazy memories and you're not sure what they are, explore them, find out more. Because the only thing worse than dealing with it is not dealing with it. And 
I also want you to tell other people, don't keep it in the darkness. Don't keep it in the darkness. Tell somebody about it. And the thing I need you to know is that this is a safe place. This is a place where you can get help. And this is a place where people care deeply about you. There's no shame. There's no shame here. And we can help. Y'all, lust isn't just a personal problem. This isn't just a sin that you're grappling with for your own personal benefit. It is that. Your choices, your actions, what you do and what you don't do makes a big difference for your life. Choosing Jesus' way will help you have a better life. It will. But what we do or what we don't do matters even more because it impacts everyone else. The cost is too high for everyone. And if we're gonna be real honest, I think you know this, our culture is ill, is ill. And it needs people, people like you and me, regular people, to step up and make a change. To step up and start making different choices. It's not just gonna help you, it's not just gonna help your marriage, it's not just gonna help your family, it's going to help people around the world. The young boy or girl who's been trafficked, the young boy or girl who's been abused, you are going to take air out of that culture. We can create a healthier culture around sex, we can, and I know some of what I sound like is old fashioned, but please, Believe me that God has our best interest in mind. He wants you to be happy. He wants you to thrive. Let's pray. Father, this can feel overwhelming. God, in a culture where sex sells and can feel like everything, Father, it can be so hard to go the opposite direction of the culture, but that's exactly what you're asking us to do. God, I pray, Father, for people who are addicted to pornography or in the middle of affairs and infidelity. Father, I pray that you give them the courage to look honestly at their life today and start by making a different choice right now in this moment. God, this isn't a place where we're gonna judge you for that. We're all messed up people. But make a different choice today because it matters. It matters. Father, we pray that we would give our young people the courage to follow you when they feel so much pressure to pursue the culture of lust. God, be with them. Let them have a place where they can ask honest questions and deal with honest issues. God, I pray for anyone in this room that's been abused. Father, anybody that's been sexually abused, Father, I pray that your healing would take root, but you can only heal when we admit what has happened, when we deal with the truth and we start to go through it, and it will be painful, but you will be there every step of the way because you have been there for me. Father, please give people the courage to wrestle with this and deal with this. We don't wanna spend another day paying the high cost 
of lust. And Father, give us a vision of what would happen if we became people that followed you and obeyed you and trusted you. In your name we pray, amen.